Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. to the Motivated Mind, a top 100 health podcast. Thanks to each of you. This is episode 319 and I'm your host, Scott Lynch. Thanks so much for listening. If I brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe or follow button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you want to hear more of. And please be sure to share the podcast. Today, we have another special guest that joins the pod, Kristen Butler, the CEO of Power of Positivity, a community of over 50 million followers. Success Magazine named her a 2022 emerging entrepreneur. Kristen is a three times published author, entrepreneur, leader, expert, and visionary in personal development with a huge heart and captivating authenticity. Her mission is to uplift the planet. Kristen started the power of positivity in 2009 after completely transforming her life from rock bottom using the power of positive thinking and credits the incredible growth and expansion of her business to thriving and expanding in her comfort zone. Kristen and I dive into her journey from rock bottom to creating one of the largest online communities, the power of communities, nourishing the four core pillars of our environment, expanding our comfort zone as opposed to stepping out of it, the complacent zone and the survival zone, how both impact our lives, the impact of moments, how these can fuel or drain us. Gratitude's ability to shift our perspective, and lastly, listening to our heart. I hope you all enjoy our conversation. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. I feel like especially in America, we're sold this idea that, well, you pay more for everything because you've got better health care and it's safer and this and that. And we leaned into this world of like curiosity. We're like, is that really true? Like, 
this is a pretty big planet that's spinning around the sun. I'm sure there's different places that we can look at. You know, we're, we're born here, but we're like, I don't ever want to stay in a place I was born and be 70, 80 years old, looking back, rocking on a rocking chair, whatever, and saying, man, I wish we explored more. I wish we thought about somewhere else to live. But what you had just said, I think hit the nail on the head. It was like, there's more out there and the place that you live, what is the experience you want from it? So we made a list of like, what do we want the place that we live to elicit? For us, it was clarity, creativity, peace of mind, and also surrounded by nature, um, which kind of led to those other three things. But I think that's a way a lot of us should work backwards, whether it be a job, a career, a relationship. If you think about not so much the goal, but what's the experience that you want from that thing? And it makes navigating towards it a lot easier. Yeah, I love how you said that. Exactly. Because we have a choice. And as soon as we like decide that we want to make that choice, like things just align to make it work out. You know, we just have to kind of follow suit on the decision that we made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very, it's a handicap. I think a lot of us put ourselves through, but I think it's because of this perpetuating history that that's the way our parents were born or, or taught, right? So for you, power of positivity, you have grown this sucker to like 55 million people. It's unbelievable. My wife is a huge fan, by the way. I think it was James that had reached out from Book Thinkers. My wife, Mel, was like, oh my God, really? You're going to be talking to her? Oh my God. So anyways, you've grown this massive behemoth since 2009. Bring us through the, this journey. I know you probably get this question a lot, but like, what was the inspiration to say, I need to one, change my life. And number two, I think this is the way I can change my life, but also other people's. Yeah, you know, a decade and a half ago, I was at rock bottom. And in this place, like every area of my life was falling apart. And I even was bedridden for two weeks straight. I didn't even want to get out of bed. I had burnt myself out from overworking and taking care of everything else besides myself. And in this place, I had a decision. I could either give up or try something new. And that's when I started to prioritize things that felt good and comfortable and in alignment with myself and positive, really living a positive lifestyle, looking at every area of my life and seeing how I can improve it in a positive way. And it started with my thought process first, because if you just take action on it, you're not going to get as much momentum as if you go in there and, you know, identify those limiting beliefs that you have about yourself, about your life, about other people. And so it was a very just dark place that I was in. And it really started transforming my life when I started thinking about the world in a positive way. And a lot of people, when they're in a stuck place, they're like, that's not going to work. Like there's going to have to be some kind of action that can get me out of there. But really the thought process is, is the foundation and then taking those positive action steps. And it's really a day by day process. It's not an overnight thing or something that's a quick fix. It's a lifestyle, like anything. And a few years later, when I had seen so much of a transformation in my life, I was like, this is just amazing. And Facebook had just started Facebook pages and I was creating them at the time I was a freelancer. I was doing social media and websites for clients. 
and I wanted to start a page and I thought, I'm not going to make this about work. I want to make it about like something for me and to keep me accountable to this lifestyle and, and to help other people who also need inspiration and feel like maybe where I was. So I started the page just with the, with that intention and over the years, it took us like four years till I really was like, a friend had said like, you can monetize what you're doing like on your website. And, you know, and she talked to us about that. And I thought, wow, I would love to do this full time and just make this like my path. This feels so good and so natural. And I love helping people and I love social media. And so it really started to grow from there when I really put in more action and commitment to it. And before that, though, it was just really about daily consistency. You know, it's been 14 years now that we've had the page and I think we've created over 30K pieces of content. Wow. I think, I think memes 30 K and like thousands of videos and, you know, 10 K articles, you know, we've just so much that we've put behind it that has made it what it is. It wasn't just kind of an overnight thing. I'm glad that you highlighted that because so I, I think, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, overnight success. And then you start doing some digging. You're like, you spent at this for 14 years. Never mind the, the work that went on, on herself, let alone the, the business piece. Right. But you said something I want to peel back some layers on. Starting it held you accountable to the lifestyle. I have found a similar return for doing this podcast and my newsletter. So back in 20 or prior to 2018, I would say I, I had a very fixed mindset. I played the victim. It was hard for me to see opportunities. I, I really didn't see beyond the trees. And there's the selfless piece of what we do, right? Of giving, giving, giving. But there's also this other piece that's a little selfish where it's like, yes, but this also continues my mind on this treadmill of a growth mindset, a positive mindset. So was that another piece to it for you as you started doing this more? You're like, okay, not only is it good for me, but look at this double side to this coin. I'm also impacting people's lives. So I'm helping myself, but at the same time, which is the, the selfish piece, quote unquote, but the selfless piece is that I'm also helping other people to get out of those rock bottom places, those dark places. Yeah. I really wanted the community aspect of it because it's so powerful, you know, as Tony Robbins said back at the, back in the day, you know, that the people you surround yourself with are so important. And I didn't really have that positive support system necessarily. And so I was like, this would be amazing to connect with other people who feel this way as well, but also help the people who have no idea about this. Because my experience most of my entire life was that most people are negative or, or focus on the negative. Unfortunately, I had some of those gems who were just like bright shining lights that made such an impact on me. But seeing those people, you think that that's just who they are. But oftentimes it's a lifestyle that they've created through habits and actions that compounded over the years. It's really about that. I, I do think it's a combination of our personalities, but I think anyone can be a positive person. Even if you grew up around negative people, even if you were negative most of your life, you can change that. That's the most amazing part about this life. Yeah, the the environment piece I think is is really important to your to your point around. Well, if you grew up in a negative household or 
a much different environment than you hoped you would have grown up in. Environment's everything. I think about you have plants in the background. It's the same thing with plants, right? If they don't get enough sun, if they don't get enough oxygen, if they don't get enough water, all of those inputs, then it's not going to be a healthy plant. It's going to be yellow. It's going to be wilting. It's going to have bugs infect it. And so I think about it, it's not only the people that we surround ourselves with, it's the content that we consume. It's the news. It's our friends, it's all of these different inputs that we are constantly bombarding. I think about like our mind like a, a big castle and all of these negative things are like arrows getting shot at it. And it's like, well, you could build the wall much thicker, which is, that's that's great. Or you could just stop the arrows from shooting the wall, which means cutting back on the negativity, reading stuff on Facebook that is just tears people down, watching the news, which 99% of the time is negative, and surrounding yourself with even family members, your uncle that's constantly bitching about life all the time, because those things eventually will make their way through our castle wall. I love that. That's exactly right. And the foundation is everything. And if you don't feel like you had the best foundation, the good news is you can start a new construction anywhere you want, like literally, and setting those healthy boundaries around the people who don't really make you feel good. You know, I'm all about like supporting people when they're going through a hard time. But if someone is consistently making you feel bad, you have to set that boundary because it's going to be a part of you if you are consistently around them. It's just really so important. Mm. So you're in this dark place, you're bouncing out of it, you know, you create power of positivity. What were some other things that you did to ensure that your filter got finer and finer and finer? So you're building a community of like-minded people, which certainly is fuel that's feeding a wonderful warm fire. But what were some other things? Maybe, you know, it was moving, maybe it was your husband, maybe it was close friends, content you could do. What were some of the things that you did? You know, going to the gym regularly was everything because that would stop overthinking thoughts and it would get the movement through my body and it would make me feel strong and healthy. Because when I hit rock bottom, I was not taking care of my health. I had hormone imbalance. So going to the gym on a consistent basis just helped me feel good in my body and then helped me feel better the rest of the day. So that was huge. But then also the foods that I was consuming. So for me, I'm plant-based and, you know, every, everyone's different, but for me, what worked really well was just nourishing my body with, you know, healthy fruits and vegetables and organic foods and juices and, and things like that. So it was just a combination of like my environment, what I was putting in my body, what I was doing, where I was going, who I was surrounding myself with. I was literally looking at every area of my life. And I talk about this in my book, it's physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. And we have to really nourish all four of those if we want to feel good on a regular basis. I, I love that. So there's something, actually, I just released this episode, I think, today, this morning, practical materialism. So the way that I look at it, I 100% agree. You should be thinking about you know, the food that you eat, the spiritual side, the mind side, the physical side. The way that I think about this is, so the, it's crazy. The average person spends $18,000 a year on just garbage, just stuff. That's $1,497 a month. And the way that I think about this outlet, this 
you can invest that 18,000. And I don't mean traditionally like stock market, do all that. No, no, no. What I mean is looking at three specific core areas of your life. And these three areas are where you spend the most of your time. So where you sleep, because we spend 9,427 days or something like that in bed. That's a, that's a lot of time that we spend sleeping. So investing in that environment and getting quality sleep. So I, you could attribute that to a, not only a mind, but a physical piece where you work, you know, buying things like an ergonomic chair or, you know, having decor that makes you feel excited to go in that space or plants. Like you have a very bright, beautiful home in the background, right? Perfect example. And then where we live or how we move. And that breaks down into a couple of subcategories, the intake, what we're eating, even nice shoes that support our hips and spine because we spend a significant amount of time in shoes and where we live, our environment. Is it in the city where it's always loud and crowded? And for some people that may work or to, as we were t discussing prior, an environment where you're surrounded by nature and you can kind of let that creativity and that clarity flow. And that's that's the way that I think about the pillars of our life too, as well, from a physical and a mental perspective. Yeah. I love that so much. That really simplifies it too. I love that. Mm. So power of positivity, you've got what, three or four books now at this point, right? Yeah, I have, I'll have a third one, a sequel to the first journal in June. So because everyone wanted a, a longer version, it's 60 days and they wanted a <laughs> 90 day. And so I kept promising it to them and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do this. So, you know, in my spare time, I did another one. It was just such a high demand that people wanted and I, I, they had so much success with it and they want new quotes and a new focus. So yeah, that comes out in, in June. The journals are so fun and easy to create. You know, the comfort zone took years and years to create because it's just so in depth and, and such a, almost like a roadmap and that just takes more time. You have to be super intentional about every single line and every single chapter. What was that experience like for you? Were you you're reliving some of these things as you're building this this map, this blueprint, I guess you could say, right? Was it also, we talked about earlier, how what you do also keeps, or what we do keeps us in line to, to what we preach per se. Was the book a, another form of that for you where it took you back to these places or just reinforced some of these things that you're living to like triple down on these things? Yeah, I love that you asked that. You know, anyone that worked with me on this book, they were like, you are totally expanding your comfort zone right now, you know, with the comfort zone book. And I'm like, I know. Right. And they're like, through the processes that you're talking about, I'm seeing it in real time. Like this was not in your comfort zone and you made it part of your comfort zone. So I got that so many times from so many people. And I just love that because I'm like, yes, you know, I'm showing that you can do this by expanding your comfort zone instead of stepping out. And that was just so fun to hear that feedback from everyone that worked on the book with me because it is important that what we're writing and what we're saying that we're living. Yeah. And there's something you said very specifically there, expanding your comfort zone versus stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I've been guilty of using this term before, stepping outside of our comfort zone, being really comfortable with being uncomfortable. But you challenge kind of this norm. I'd love to expand on this for us as we're talking about expanding your comfort zone versus stepping outside of it. Yeah. So I spent half of my life living outside of my comfort zone. I got that advice at very early age and it was from successful people. And I thought, 
wow, okay, I want to be successful. This is the way that I need to be. And while I achieved a lot of success, I would lose it because I couldn't keep up with the amount of action that it took to sustain. And I would have many bouts of burnout. And when I hit rock bottom, it was because of the amount of burnout that I let myself get to, to get to this place. So in the comfort zone, it's really about taking action, but then taking time for rest. It's a balanced place. And I think it's so important today with the hustle culture and the go, go, go and the stay busy. You know, you talk to people and they're just always bragging about how busy they are. But our worth is not in how busy we are. It's about how we're being and how we're feeling and about enjoying the journey. So yeah, it's it's about feeling good and comfort is a good thing. It shouldn't be a bad thing. I think what society is saying when they're talking about the comfort zone is inaction and complacency. And so in the book, I, I call that the complacent zone. We get there by, you know, pushing ourselves usually so far or experiencing a level of failure that just makes us have this belief system that life is hard or that things don't work out for us. And that's not a comfortable place to be. And so I just want to take positivity to the next level and say like, hey, we need to redefine the words that we use and comfort needs to be a good thing. Because if we are working so hard to eventually be comfortable, but we're shaming ourselves for it today, then we're never going to get there. That resistance is always going to keep comfort out of our reach. Right. Yeah. It's like chasing this almighty goal that some of us have thinking it's this finish line. And it's like, well, hold on a second. The qualities or what you're hoping to get from that, are you getting that today? And if you are, then could a follow-up question to that be, could you just double down and focus on, on those? And that grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. I think so many of us are guilty for chasing constantly and constantly. But you said something too around hustle culture and being busy. It's this very mindless, almost mindless game that we get put into, this numbing experience. It's almost like, oh, I've had an exhausting day, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to scroll on social media for hours on end. I'm just going to kind of veg out. And certainly there's time and place for, for everything. But I think a lot of us get to that place because we're not thoughtful about what we're spending our time on and how we're spending our time. And working extremely hard or crazy 60, 80 hours a week is not a good use of time. I always say your time is your most valuable asset. We should be figuring out how to buy back more of it. And there are so many different ways that you could do it. And I'm sure you've done this over the years with your business, right? Hiring people to help you out with the business, you know, buying a meal prep kits or something. So you and your husband takes a lot less time to cook or having someone do yard work, all of these different things. They don't necessarily need to be expensive things, but this idea needs to be crushed that we should be constantly going and loaded with back-to-back -back meetings. There was actually a study done by a team of, I don't know if they were computer scientists at Microsoft. And what they did is they lined up a schedule for people that were back-to-back -back meetings and they hooked them up to these monitors. And then they had another group where they had meetings, but they were spaced out by half an hour. And there was a significant interruption or stress level in the brain with those that had back-to-back -back meetings. They had no time to take a break. We should actually be taking breaks every 52 minutes, but 
proven by science, but they were anticipating the craziness and the chaos of the fact that they had back-to-back meetings, which would accelerate stress levels in their brain, and they would get so stressed out. And I think to myself, that is not a fun way to live. That sounds like absolute torture. Why would anyone want to live that way? Yeah, I love all the science that you brought into it because that's so important that we know how our body is reacting, the physiological effects. And what you're describing is I talk in the book about the survival zone where we're just go, go, go. And what happens when we feel like that, the stress center of our brain, our amygdala is stressed, and then our nervous system goes into that fight, flight, or freeze response. So then we are literally in a survival state. And research shows that when we are in that state, we cannot think creatively. The hemispheres of our brain cannot communicate clearly. So there's not the clarity and the productivity that we actually need in those meetings or when we are working. And so it's not optimal to even be in that state for long periods of time. It's a survival mechanism for a reason when we're being chased or we're in danger, not to live our lives like that. But so many people get in that mode and just live every day like that. And I've seen it in my own family and it's it's so damaging to our body because then we're searching for this comfort because innately our body wants comfort, right? And so we might go to an addiction or you know something else to kind of give us that comfort that we're actually looking for because we've been in that state for so long and our body just wants to feel good. <laughs> There's no quick fix for anxiety and depression. It's not finding a new therapist or starting an exercise routine, not more and regular meditation or a better diet. Sometimes you need something to unlock your brain, a new way of thinking about and seeing the world. Maybe that thing is guided ketamine therapy from Mindbloom. There's a new tool to improve your mental health at home ketamine therapy. Mindbloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy, having safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants. In a study of over 1,200 Mindbloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only two sessions. Right now, Mindbloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com motivated and use promo code motivated. Take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with Mindbloom. Visit mindbloom.com motivated and use promo code motivated. I'd be curious to hear if you do something like this, but every single month and once a quarter, I have a personal review of myself. Now, this is not a critique of like, where are you doing? No, it's like, what worked really well this past month? What didn't work so well? Am I on track with my goals? And if not, what do I need to adjust or what would I like to adjust to get the experience that I want out of life? And it is so easy for us in such a busy, overstimulating world to veer off path. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's natural. It's okay. It's going to happen. But I find that these monthly reviews, quarterly reviews, allow me to ensure that I don't get 
too far off path, especially when, let's be honest, we're a parent, business owners, all of these different things. You're a professional juggler, right? Are there some practices that you deploy monthly, yearly, or whatever to take a take a step back and say, okay, I need to reevaluate the things, the way that my calendar is set up. And really because for X, Y, Z, is there anything that you do along those lines? Yeah. I love that you do that. You know, I, I think I do that on a regular basis and I love to use like apps that give me feedback. For example, I have like the levels app on me, even though I don't have diabetes or anything, I'm just always checking my blood sugar to see how my energy is and to have a stable blood sugar. I also use like the, the life app, which is for like intermittent fasting, or I'll use my fitness pal to see like how many steps I'm having, or what are my macros? I love that like second brain where I can get feedback on myself on a regular basis. So I can say like, Ooh, that food didn't work for me, or this activity didn't work for me, or this activity really works for me. And it, it also lets me know, you know, like how I'm sleeping or, you know, so I, so I can be so intentional about what I'm doing before bed, when I wake up. So I think that's kind of what you're saying, but I love how you do that kind of check-in because it's so important. I do like to do a check-in like in my environment very often, because if I'm feeling like a little off, I will declutter and organize. And I feel like it's like an internal organization as well. Like it's a reflection of the in and out of what's going on. And so I, I love doing that. I don't really spring clean. I kind of do that quarterly because it's like afterwards, I just feel so much better, like doing that mentally. And it just helps even with stress and flow. So it's so important. I do the same exact thing. I'm a little OCD, so I like having things organized and clutter-free, but it has been proven that a decluttered workspace or living space is very healing and, again, helps with creativity, helps with clarity. When we have sticky notes everywhere, documents everywhere, it's really easy to get distracted. And so I love that you do that. I, I have something similar with the Whoop Band I'm constantly checking. I leverage an app called Every Day for habit tracking. So taking a cold shower in the morning. Did I wake up at 5.30? Did I journal for at least five minutes in the morning? All of Did I stretch in the morning? So going through my routine to ensure that I stick to it. One of the things that I think is really important for anybody listening, though, is when we do have these things, it's okay to, again, veer off path. It's going to happen. Sometimes we are so critical of ourselves, don't provide ourselves grace, and we come down like Thor's hammer on ourselves that, oh my God, I didn't wake up at this time. Oh my God, I didn't journal today. It's The world is not going to end. Things will not implode on you. And I think that's really important. No, you're so right. Having a good schedule, but being okay if you don't commit to it and something comes up. I think, yes, giving yourself grace and definitely not shaming yourself because then it's you're taking it too far because we don't want to be in shame. That just can, you know, spiral into more things that we don't want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you said in earlier, I want to circle back with something you said in your free time, <laughs> in your free time, you're writing. Where are you spending most of your time? What is a what does a day, what does a week look like for you, or what does a month look like? We can zoom out or zoom in as as far or as close as you want. 
Yeah, you know, uh, I have two girls, so I try to get do some work study in the morning, exercise. I love getting out in nature, and then I feel like I refresh myself to work. So I don't work as much as I would have or used to. I can work between four. I like four to six a day max. It just really depends, but I love breaks in between, and even just prioritizing things that are still work, but that feel like I'm in the flow. So I'll challenge myself. And that's like, for me, stretching my comfort zone, but then I'll also do things that feel like in the flow. So I try to balance what I'm doing. And because I live in the mountains and I work for myself, I can kind of work outside or inside. I can go on my walking desk, but regularly I'm kind of home in in Asheville because I have two girls and I love spending time with my kids they are growing up way too fast. And so I'm like, I have to cherish this. So mommy's a worker, but then mommy also loves having mommy time and kid time. So when they're home, I love just going outside with them, riding bikes, playing at the playground, you know, walking in nature. Like I really try to prioritize fun with them and give them an experience because I don't want them to grow up and just know that mommy worked, you know, the whole time. So yeah, but it's great. We can also travel and I can work when we travel. So it's just, I love being an entrepreneur and being able to work where I want. (laughs) I love that flexibility. It's such a, an amazing privilege that we have nowadays because of technology and the way that the worlds change. It's amazing because even 10 or even prior to COVID, that really wasn't a thing for a lot of people, remote work. Two things I want to go back on. You said about your daughters growing up really fast. Our daughter just turned two months old and I already see like, holy shit, Woo! Does time fly? And I have a really good friend that when he had his first kid, he was doing all this yard work, working all the time, just working on the house. And his grandfather sat down with him one day and said, the yard's looking uh, a really good. Yeah. Yeah. I've put a lot of, lot of time in it. Would you rather watch your grass grow or your child grow? And wow. yeah, a, a little bit of a blunt kind of hit to the gut a little bit, but very valid point that he was trying to make. And I think not only when we have children, but when we do, you really further evaluate where you're spending your time and what moments are most important for you and what you want to show your child. And so it's not only healing for you, but it's very beautiful that you're able to work remotely, show your daughters that it's important how we balance our lives. It's important what experiences we're going after. It's important that we're intentional with these things because it's not only saying it, it's it's showing it through action, which I think is the most impactful way to to actually communicate anything. Yeah, with children, showing them versus telling them is definitely the most effective <laughs> for sure. And it's just showing them that you can balance this and what success can look like and what work can look like is just so important because they're always watching, right? Mm -hmm. They're sponges. It's amazing. I think that's been one of the most exciting things, even though it's been such a short period of time is with our daughter, like how much she's learning for the first time, how her hands grip things like her binky or her eye movement, all these things is like, wow, she's got another 80 years ahead of her to experience this amazing planet and like what trees are and grass and what water feels like or air or what a car is. And All of these things that most of us take for granted and it's like the chances of us being a damn human is like so small. 
I don't know exactly what the statistics are, but you would probably, comparatively speaking, over being a human compared to winning the lottery, you'd win the lottery a thousand times before you became a human again, which just blows my mind. And then it's like, wow, then we should really take advantage of the time that we have here. That's really important, valuable time. Yeah, I love that. Wow, that's so well said. I I don't know the statistics. I love that you know all the statistics around that. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the chances are so slim that it's like, make the most of it for sure. And I feel like the love that you get back from your children, that's like almost self-care in itself. Maybe you didn't meditate and you went out and rode bikes or you played at the playground or you, you know, for my daughters, they like to like play dolls and things like that. And sometimes I don't really want to play dolls at this moment. I have to remind myself that this connection is so important and is so fueling and it's just, love is just such an amazing feeling and it fuels you in such a way that almost nothing does. I think before our daughters were born, a family member said, the love with your child is just the strongest feeling in the entire world. And it truly is. I I totally got that after I had my first daughter. I could not agree more with you. We still have a lot to experience, but I always, I threw something up on social media the other day that was like, Ainsley, mom and dad are the students. You're the teacher. And that's pretty remarkable from the new emotions that we're feeling or the collection or combination of them is just super special. And you had said, you know, taking those moments with them, how that can be healing in itself. One of my favorite authors, Ryan Holiday, he had actually just came out with a book, Daily Dad, but he also has a, a daily newsletter called The Daily Dad. That's where the book came from. It's a five minute read. And in it, he talks about, you know, being a parent, specifically a, a father and, most recently, he came out with something that said, no matter how difficult your day is, no matter how hard you worked or what your boss said, or if you're the boss, you know, what happened with your team or whatever, all of that goes out the window when your child sees you and you see your child. And at the end of the day, they don't give a flying shit about what happened in your professional career All they care about is that mom or dad is spending time with them and the experience that they're getting out of it, whether it's mom playing dolls or going to the park or going for a hike. And that just really puts things into perspective for you because we get so zoomed in. And this also stands for people listening that don't have children. We get so zoomed in on the thing, whatever we're working on, whether it be a book, a business, whatever, that we think that that's like our whole life. And we get so sucked into the, almost like a a riptide, the current into these things. And I think that's been the biggest thing for us is, you know, our daughter pulling us out of that riptide, being the lifeguard of life to be like, well, you know, this is kind of small crap compared to what we're doing right now. And you're like, man, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, that's so true. I love that. It's the little moments oftentimes, right? Right. Yes. Yes, certainly. So your life what you've been doing, how you're balancing these things, the breaks that you take, all of these different things. Is there anything that you're like, listen, if you boil all of this down, here's what I would suggest for those that are stuck in a negative place, a fixed mindset, are really struggling with time. Is there like two or three things that you'd say, just focus on these and start here and get your reps in here. And then you can worry and focus on all that other stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. I think gratitude is really number one, because if you have a hard time reflecting and going within, 
it's okay because using gratitude is just so powerful and it can shift your feelings in that moment and put the focus on what really matters because we have a choice to have two different perspectives in any moment. And gratitude always gives us the better, more positive perspective. And it feels good when we can truly feel it and savor it. Whatever that is for you, you know, you don't want to fake gratitude. You literally want to look around you or feel around you and see what it is that can get you to a better place. You know, when I was at rock bottom, you know, a decade and a half ago, for me, that was that I had a bed to sleep on. You know, I was I had so many negative thoughts that were just in my head. And it was like, well, Kristen, you have a bed to sleep on. You have a roof over your head. There's people that care about you. It's okay if you're not where you think you need to be right now. Just break it down into something simpler. I think we just go too far and we look too far ahead or we're hard on ourselves. And sometimes just breaking it down really simplifies like you're actually lucky and things are actually going right. And when we hook into gratitude, it just creates this beautiful ripple effect. I I mean, I started a very consistent practice of gratitude a long time ago. And at first it was me just writing 10 things that I was grateful for. And then I kind of got bored of that. So I made it fun and I got a little gratitude box and I would put the notes inside, you know, and then on difficult days, I would pull them out and I would read them. And it's just over time, I saw how effective that was and how simple and how free and how easy it was that I just was like, wow, it just started ingraining into the cells of my body that now it's like so natural and easy for me to just feel grateful and I think my life even improved because of making that habit so consistent. Mm. It almost goes back to treadmill piece we were talking about or, or thinking about this final destination. We are so obsessed with this finish line that we lose sight of just experiencing and having fun and enjoying and being grateful for the journey and the path that we're on. And I think... I know you're 100% right that gratitude is the best outlet to experience the best life, to create the best version of you, because that allows us to ingrain ourselves in the current moment, the present, because we are always constantly thinking about when I get here, when I do this, I want to do this, I want to make this much money, I want to live here, that you lose sight of the ground you're walking on right now. And if you don't, that's the ground that's going to get you there. So isn't it an irony that we are so focused on looking way ahead? It's almost like if we didn't look where we were walking, we would trip, we'd fall, we'd get hit by a car, we'd cross the road, get slammed by a bus. And I think gratitude really allows you to, to be present, to be grounded in the things that you have accomplished, like climbing a mountain, constantly looking up at the summit. That gets really exhausting rather than turning around, looking back and be like, wow, I'm already at 4,000 feet. Yeah, I have 4,000 feet more to go, but not too long ago, three hours, four hours ago, I was at zero. And I think that is such an uplifting feeling and tool that so many of us can deploy. Yeah, absolutely. The grounding is so important. I think even when I'm working and creating on something like for this book, working on this book and thinking ahead and visualizing, it's like, yeah, I need to go outside and ground, literally like take my shoes off and walk around because it is so important to just be in that present moment. I love to dream and visualize, but also be here in the now and just feel the moment and feel good about it. 
when you look back at everything you've done over these last 14 years, everything that, that you've built, did you ever mention the word dreaming? Did you ever fathom that things would be, you'd be living in the home you are with the beautiful children you have, the husband, like the entire life. Was that even remotely on, you know, Kristen's plan or vision? Or has this all been, this is unbelievable that I am here right now? I definitely feel like it's unbelievable for sure. But when I was a little girl, I had these big dreams and visions inside that I feel like I couldn't contain. And I didn't know exactly what it was. And I even said things like to my third grade teacher, hey, I'm going to write a book one day. But at that moment, I wasn't a great reader. I wasn't a great writer. And she even said to me, Kristen, you're not a great reader and writer in my class. You're never going to write a book, you know? And I had just these big goals and dreams. And I didn't know what I was going to do necessarily, but I, I did kind of have those feelings. And even as a teenager, you know, because I grew up poor, my family was poor, but I would tell my grandfather, Hey, let's go drive around that neighborhood over there that they were building new, new houses and they were just gorgeous. And I had my little disposable camera at the time. And I would just take pictures of these beautiful houses. And even then he would say like, well, writers don't live in houses like that. You know, lawyers and doctors live in houses like that. And so I did have this feeling of this desire of having more and it felt so good and natural, but I never knew exactly what that looked like or what I was going to be doing. I just wanted to follow that feeling. And I had to overcome a lot of uh, naysayers for sure. And, you know, and hitting rock bottom as I took on all of that negative feedback but it's really about following our own path and what that looks like. And our everyone's path looks different, but that's how we can enjoy the journey when we listen within and say, oh, that feels good. Let's take that next step. Let's take that turn. Oh, that feels good. Let's, it's really just such a personal thing, but that is how we can create like our purpose and really hone into why we're here when we connect with that energy. Mm. You think your third grade teacher read your book or has reached out to you? <laughs> I don't know. That's, I'm not sure. You, you were just when you said overcoming a lot of these naysayers, it's like, wow, how beautiful and full circle would that be to some extent that here you are today, multiple books, working on another, and you disproved them. Not that that's all what it's about, but that certainly, we got to admit, feels good. I think I would say thank you, really, actually, because. Maybe I was the type of person that needed to be told that so that I would say, okay, you know, I know it's in here. I'm going to make it happen. Right. I don't know. Cause I've had that a lot in my life, <laughs> but it's good to be, have that visionary and like perspective and pursue that for yourself. I, I want that for everyone really, because I believe that we're all here for something big, whatever that looks like. Mm. So final question, someone's sitting beside you this entire journey. They're shadowing you, if you will. And they've got an Excel spreadsheet popped up and they got a column of qualities that enabled or assisted Kristen in getting to where she is today. What would sit within that Excel sheet column? I think a big heart, uh, you know, carrying a big heart and allowing that to, to lead and to serve. I think that would be one of the ones at the top for sure. Persistence and consistency, definitely. I, I love being consistent. 
This is a great question. How many are in the column? I think as much as you want. Yeah. Holding true to my own moral codes and values. I think having values, knowing what those are, and then living that each day is just so important to living your own path and living with less stress because you're kind of following your own alignment. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. I like those. I like those. That's a, that's a nice, that's a nice compass and the values and beliefs piece. I think it's really important because when that's missing out of our compass, then we're just, we're kind of going with the flow, what hits us. And then we go off in all these different directions. So that's a, a really good North Star or GPS system, right? To navigate us through life. Yeah. Well said, because going with the flow to me is not going with whatever anybody says to do or, you know, what the, where the crowd is going. It's going with that internal flow that feels good. And it's like a positive state that's in alignment with who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this has been awesome. I'm so glad we got to connect. Like I said, my wife was thrilled that we got to connect. Where can people find the new book? Where can people find Power of Positivity for, I mean, many of my listeners that are probably listening also, you know, are part of your Facebook, the 55 million people. But where can people find all of this stuff nonetheless and follow you? Yeah, the book is out now. So Amazon, bookshop.org, Barnes and Noble, even, you know, your local Barnes and Noble, you could check. My website, Positive Kristen, I just launched it. Super pretty. I love it. I'm so excited about it. You know, I have the book on there. I have a quiz. If you're not sure if you're in your comfort zone or if you're on the right path, you know, it's it's great because it kind of tells you where you are and where you want to go and how to get there. And yeah, socials, Positive Kristen. I love it. I'll link everything in the show notes so it's easy for each of you to to find all these resources. But this has been awesome. You are definitely a shining light. Thank you for what you do. It's very admirable. You've got very big goal that I think you've filled in a lot of that circle. If it was on a little quiz sheet, you know, those little circles you used to fill out. I can't thank you enough for for sharing your time, your wisdom, your experience, and also being vulnerable, sharing your story of hitting rock bottom. And I, I hope like it's done for you and your business that this interview helps other people navigate out of their, their darkness as well. Yeah, absolutely. If you feel stuck, you don't have to stay there. You know, it can lead you to where you want to go. You know, it's, it probably shaped where I am right now because I had a new perspective at being at that place. So it can be a good thing, even though it doesn't feel like it right now. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the power of positivity with Kristen Butler. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Motivated Scott. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all. And thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a legacy division.